Um, let me have two more dicks. <laughs> dicks. <laughs> oh. I. Oh. <laughs> okay. You can you can have as many dicks as you want. My brain got stuck between dips and dunks, and it came out as dicks. <laughs> you guys are making a podcast. This. Welcome to the podcast nobody asked for with me, Ian Harris. And me, Graham Jones. And this week uh, marks the first for one, but we'll come on to that in a minute. Uh, but we are talking about fantasy sports. Uh, do you want to explain what you actually mean by that, Graham? Because it is also one of our first titles, which has been a pun. Which has been a pun? A pun? Fantasy sport is a pun. Why is fantasy sport a pun? Oh, as in like what we're actually talking about. We I go. thought you yeah. wanted me to explain what fantasy sports are. <laughs> <laughs> With you, okay. Fantasy I mean, sports. Yes, this this oh. this se- this season, neither of us can really talk about fantasy sports. I'm going to delve into the world of fantasy sports of the fantasy variety. It's time for sports of the fantasy variety. Yes, let's score some sport points of the fantasy variety. Well, you say that I'm for an own dynasty. I'll take that. Oh yeah, I'm not. But again, this is this is we're we're going to be boring some people yeah. with this introduction. We're not going to lie. But yes, what what are we actually going to be talking about today? So rather than picking imaginary uh, and running our imaginary football teams, we're actually going to be talking about sports that aren't real from the realms of cinema. I like it. That the plan originally was to have this episode coincide with the start of the fantasy football season, but then my internet fucked up. And we couldn't do it. And then it was our podcast birthday. And we're obviously not going to supersede that. So yeah. we're a bit late. It's And, you know, as we as I think you posted about on social media, it's all Kevin Bacon's fault. He's too busy landing planes in people's living rooms rather than dealing with the very basic needs of um, internet for podcast recording purposes. Exactly. And for the, the first I was talking about before as well, it's worth talking about, but... I feel like for once we need to explain what the podcast, the episode logo is. Yeah. Because every episode I Photoshop uh, an advert for it and it will be somehow vaguely linked to the subject that we, some some would say tenuously linked to the subject <laughs> that we're talking about. And I think this one, this episode's is a joke which is funny to... 12 people to 12 i mean you say that a a lot of people witnessed the actual event we've just co-opted it right yeah so in uh in our fantasy league so nfl fantasy league uh it is called the final fantasy league because i'm in charge of it and i take all of that branding far too seriously uh i do a lot of things people don't even notice that's how that's how fun (laughs) i find doing all this shit but you know so the loser of this fantasy league uh, is referred to for the, for the year afterwards as the butt fumble. The butt fumble. So the butt fumble was a NFL play where Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. 
Jets on quarterback Thanksgiving ran into his own player's ass and proceeded to fumble the ball. Mm. If you aren't an NFL fan, that sounds a lot dirtier than it actually is. So our butt fumble uh, has to wear a bright pink T-shirt with a picture of the butt fumble, text that says "I am butt fumble." And a message on the back that says, ask me about my butt fumble. Yeah. And we've been doing this for nine years, eight you, years. You say it's bright pink. It, it has, used to be bright pink. It used pink. to be bright pink until friend of the pod. <laughs> yes, until... Uh, well, no, credit where it's due. It it has been the colour it is for a very long time. Yeah, true. But I think it like, was after, after the uh, hot ones. I think just the sweat from the hot ones uh, forfeit was, was probably enough to... I mean, yeah. that, that could have stained the brightest of clothing. The winner of the season gets to pick a forfeit for the loser each year. And one year, friend of the podcast, uh, Nate Saunders, whose voice you hear at the beginning of each episode in our theme tune, had to be interviewed while doing the whole hot ones, eating gradually hotter and hotter hot wings. And for a brief... I think we've talked about this before... For a brief period, I thought we'd killed him. <laughs> There's because a very good video of him. Um, it's just outside, right? Outside. Yeah. Uh, he has the literal shakes whilst, uh, for want of a better word, deep throating a twister. Because it was really cold outside as well. <laughs> he was with a twister, sweating profusely. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was... Yeah, there was a brief moment there where I had to kind of take a deep, hard look at myself and think, shit, have we... We might have fucked up here. <laughs> Somebody might die. They they were all commercially available hot sauces, and all of the um, risk, therefore, was on the brands that sold them to us. Ah, true, true. Was the uh, the top one was De Bomb? I think I don't think the we top went higher one than that. Was De Bomb? Yeah. Although I still don't think that that I think the that double ghost pepper one that I had I think was maybe hotter, but it tasted nicer. Yeah, like, De Bomb is hot. Don't get me it's wrong. Awful. It, it tastes, just tastes horrible. horrible. It's not a good hot sauce. I made a hot sauce which I myself struggle to eat. <laughs> I will bring. I'll bring you a bottle later because I'm not going to be able to go through it all. Okay. It's really fucking nice, but it blows the roof of your fucking mouth. I I really the the garlic one you did was very good. I enjoyed yeah. that. Oh no, I, I enjoy that one. <laughs> this one. This is the first fermented was one I've the, done. This not the Reaper one, no. No, so there's Scotch bonnet in it. Okay, but yeah, it it's great. It's very very nice. But yeah, it 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 hurt the first time I tried it. Did it hurt the second time of of uh, yes, experiencing and, and it as well? La it, it last it lingered. <laughs> it was a lingering feeling afterwards. But yeah, we recorded this forfeit as well. Uh, it was released under the name "But Fumble Is Burning," which I still think is an incredible <laughs> name, and I will include it in the episode notes because it's just fucking great. Yeah. The only the only rule with the forfeit was we couldn't advertise it with his name attached to it, just in case someone googled him by name and that became the first thing that popped up. But we're not doing that. It is we're audibly talking about it on a podcast. Yeah, this doesn't affect the SEO rankings. Yeah, we're fine. You can't. You can't. <laughs> Unless we start um, transcribing episodes, yeah, I think we're we're a bit more of an audience away from having to do that. <laughs> yeah, people reading the podcast in novel form. Yeah, the the, the transcription nobody asked for <laughs> with me, Ian Harris. But yeah, so we we have played fantasy sport for very long, uh, very long time. Mm. Right now, I don't really want to talk about it because everyone is either injured, dying, or I've made horrible, horrible decisions. Uh, what we can talk about instead, though is 
a fictional sport that I tried really hard to crowbar into this episode, but the anime that I hoped existed yeah. didn't. Okay. So the correct answer to what is the best fictional sport is Blitzball from Final Fantasy X. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think we've spoken about this before, right? I think both of us probably have spent more time on that than than uh, actually completing Final Fantasy X as a story. I'm, I am <laughs> very close to buying, because the remastered ten and ten two is only like 12 quid on PlayStation now. Oh, okay. So I'm very close to buying it just to get far enough in the game that I can play Blitzball again. The only annoying thing with it is that when you kind of skilled up your players to a certain point, it became too easy. Like there, you never yeah. were on a level with anyone. At that point, it was just like every time you had a shot, it went in from wherever you were. Yeah, you end up... This sounds stupid, but you, you get it with kind of Madden and I'm assuming with FIFA as well, where you figure out a way to beat the game. Yeah. Like there is always something the computer doesn't quite get right. And then it stops being fun because you're, oh, look, another 80-yard touchdown. Oh, another shot from goal from my own penalty box. Like this is not... Not quite, but Blitzball, I'm very surprised. I'm surprised they didn't spin off a lot of, like, the... Because what Final Fantasy did really well was the games within games. Yeah, like, um, Final Fantasy Tri- VII was very good for that. Which one was Seven? Seven had uh, Chocobo Racing and stuff yeah. in it. That, I, that, that Chocobo Racing is very video gamey as well. well I'm so very they've, surprised. They've just released on the Switch um, Chocobo GP. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> I think I haven't looked into it because it just popped up on my my Amazon feed. Um, I think it's more akin to like a uh, Mario Kart with chocobos. I mean, that's exact. That is exactly what I wanted from that kind of game. <laughs> chocobo GP. No, not Choc- Chocobo Go. To be fair, oh my god, Chocobo GP is a kart racing game developed by Square Enix. Yeah. Oh my god. All right, I'll take it all back. This is this is great. <laughs> cool. I'll be getting that later. Um, oh, tri- I'm kind of annoyed tri- now. I was I nearly got you that for your birthday, but I was like, I don't know if he would want that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it'll be a game that you end up playing solidly for two weeks and then never touch. Never again, touch again. Yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> triple. I played a lot of. I spent a lot of time playing Triple Triad on Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah, that was good fun. The tile, yeah, the tile card game. It was right up there with Gwent in The Witcher. Was another fictional card game I got weirdly hooked into. Didn't they? Have, that has its own like mobile app for it and everything, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think it's free to play, and it is while it's horrifically addictive. Caravan? Did you play a lot of Caravan on Fallout New Vegas? I never played Fallout New Vegas. We've had oh this fuck. Is, you, you know what I'm like, Ian? It's there's there's too it's too open. Give give, yeah. give me some rain me in a bit. <laughs> New, New Vegas is a bit more reined in than you would expect. Okay, like you don't. You don't have there. There is a linear plot you can follow. Yeah, like you don't have to go out and get the most of the world because I know you don't like doing that. <laughs> but that seemed like a, that. That was like a really passive aggressive dig that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's like you've you. Do, you, yeah, you you said something to upset me, and I'm just trying to embarrass you on a podcast. I mean, that's happened. That's happened many times. Oh yeah, <laughs> but no, that is in reference to Graham doesn't like. Two open world games. Yeah, you're a you're a pretty corridor man. Well, you say that. I don't mind like a Grand Theft Auto, and that's a big open world game. But that's that's the openest of open worlds. But isn't it, it has 
there's at least like this is the obvious next person you go to to get your next thing. Whereas in like Morrowind and what are they? Scarlet Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls things, and Fallout is just like there's a vague description of some guy who lives like 300 miles away that maybe you should go talk to. Yeah, and you also don't need to go talk to him either. You could not do this. <laughs> I do. I do like how this this is this is the one thing I think that separates us as people. <laughs> I, I, th- I think you're right. <laughs> Everything else, we we are we are we have exactly the same music taste. Yep. We like exactly the same films and TV shows and food and drink. And the only difference is I can. There's less of a moral question around drinking milk for me. But yeah, like ideally with a video game for me. I would want to be able to play 300 hours and not finish it. Yeah, I think I have just this issue of completionism. Like I have to I have to do it. I have to do it all. And if it's 300 hours and I still haven't done it, that's a problem for me. <laughs> How completiony are we talking? Are we talking like collecting all of the stuff? No, I'm I I'd, I'd go finishing the plot. Finishing the plot. Okay. Finishing the plot. What about game... This has just become like a weird video game therapy thing. Yeah. What about games where you could finish the story, but not... So like Dark Souls, where Dark Souls is deceptively linear. Oh, Dark you, Souls is linear. Yeah. That but I, yeah. You won't understand what's happening. Yeah. Because nobody does. I, I Yeah. And it's also too annoying as well. Oh, you know what is annoying? <laughs> Away from the central point of this episode entirely, I, I started playing Super Meat Boy. Oh, it's great. But Super it's Meat so Boy hard. is great. Oh, yeah. There was, there, was, there was a part where I nearly snapped the Switch in two. And I am not joking there as much as I wish I was. Have you done Cuphead? Um, I got halfway through Cuphead and then Switch. had to stop. <laughs> snapped the Switch in two. I really, I really, I, I, will, I will get back into it at some point. I just think I wasn't. It's not a game to play on a bad mental health day. No, I, I could be, like it's not even a great game to play on a good mental health day. <laughs> oh God, no! Like I, I got, I got far into Elden Ring, and by sorry, far. I finished, I finished Elden Ring, but it, I got deep into Elden Ring. Like I was, I was doing everything in that game that you would not do, like refusing to finish it so I could explore everywhere else. <laughs> but yeah, Cup, Cuphead was. There were bits in Cuphead where it just wasn't fun anymore. And no. same with, same, yeah, Super Meat Boy nearly, you know the Bo Jackson video where he snaps a baseball bat over his knee? Yeah. It was it was basically that with a switch. <laughs> but I, I managed to hold my, if my partner wasn't sitting on the sofa with me when I was playing it, yeah. there is a chance it would have just happened without me realising it. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, we, we could, like, the obvious thing to do would be to try and design our own sport, but I'm fairly sure it would just end up being... American football or rugby. Yeah, Something I think... Um... What would your... Okay, so in the spirit of top three lists, yeah. what are the three things, if we were creating a sport, hypothetically, yeah. what are the three things it would have to have? Uh, so example, for me... Fantasy for, so, perspective. So, oh, no, yeah, so just because we are okay. talking, get, getting away from fantasy, right. fantasy, fantasy sport yeah. and on to make-believe sport. sport. Yeah. Um, for me, the big things I like in sport are, one, full contact. Yeah. For me, it has to be a full contact sport. Two, I do like when there's multiple ways to score. So, like, uh, t- uh, for example, a touchdown or a try gets yeah. you a certain amount, but then something else gets you a different amount. I like the strategy and 
all of that around that. Mm-hmm. Three, I, I'm not sure what... what those, those are the two really big things I would kind of want. <sighs> I, Third, maybe just bring... It'll just be rugby with baseball bats. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I like the... I like the ability for there to be an even playing field. Yeah. So like the American sports do it very well. Weirdly for such a capitalist country, all of their sports are very communist yep. in the sense that the bad teams get the best players. So I like, I like that. Um, so no, what you're saying is nobody ball would have a cap and a draft. Yes, it would. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I also like the fact in, and again, this is, broadly drawing on NFL again, but the fact that very different types of athletes can play yes. in the same you sport. You know what? That that would be my third. That's what I like that's what I like about rugby as well. Yeah. Is there there is a place for if you want to be big and strong, you can be big and strong and play it. If you want to be small and fast, you can be small and fast and play it. If you want to be a fat piece of shit with a beard and a bad back, I've found my place. <laughs> <laughs> um and then lastly, given there's the fantasy element, some magic. Just something magical. Magic. Yeah. I like it. So a mix between rugby and American football played by wizards. Basically, yeah. Full contact Quidditch. <laughs> Sold. I like it. I like it. But before before we before we end up talking about this just for because we could I think we could sit here for an hour talking about well no because what we would this rule would have to be in place obviously to balance out the the wizards we shall uh, movie recommendation should we just hop straight to that let's do it and it's yours this week yeah, it is mine I did it last time round you did and you were very prepared <laughs> so my recommendation is so it's a documentary ah. this time and it is. I, I can't remember if we've recommended one of these before, but the, so it's an ESPN 30 for 30. So it's a series of very, very good sports documentaries that ESPN put out. The vast majority of them are now on Disney Plus. So I'd recommend going through those. There's some fucking brilliant ones I watched. The most recent one I watched, I think was called uh, Angry Sky, which is about a guy trying to break the parachute, a uh, uh, free fall world record right um but in like the 60s fair play so basically making like a homemade spacesuit there's some very interesting ones on like the player strikes south africa rugby there's it's just worth i would there isn't i I would recommend them all but we're not going to recommend them all assuming you're maybe this is ruining your one but the one that we watched was very good the um the ice hockey one yes um Oh fuck! Of of miracles and men, or something like that. Yeah, basically the the Russian Federation deciding that they were gonna take up ice hockey and win it, it just to, to poke back yeah. at the uh, the Americans. Yeah, no, I loved that because it was re- a really interesting angle of it. So, uh, uh, the miracle on ice was where basically a group of pretty much American students at the Olympics beat Russia. Yeah, but the documentary is told from the Russian perspective rather than the American, which is what everyone has always favoured, because it's the big, the underdog upset is the story everyone wants to hear. Yeah, but there's there's a fuckload. But for, for this, we are talking about uh, the documentary Silly Little Game, which is a documentary about the history and start of fantasy football. Nice. 
So fantasy football started off as uh, what they called the Rotisserie Chicken League with baseball. And it was basically started, I think, by a group of accounting friends who would meet up for lunch and wanted to try and figure out a way to quantifiably prove which of them knew the most about baseball. And to highlight the most annoying thing with fantasy sport, when the documentary came out, the guy who came up with the idea was yet to win. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's, it's just a very interesting, very interesting documentary. It's relatively short. I think it might be just over an hour. So it gives you plenty more time to just trawl through all of the fucking 30 for 30s on there. Yeah, I think... Um... I think there's some some really good ones on there. There's some great in general sports documentaries even on I know we've spoken about it before, but like things like Home Game and stuff on Netflix yeah. are brilliant. And also that that one Italian one just does feel like it would be a fantasy sport in and of itself because it's it's insane. I think we spoke oh, about I it mean, before. I mean I I well, uh Cassio Storico. Yeah. Which may or may not be in my notes for a choice later <laughs> on in this episode. Um yeah, uh Losers is a very good series as well. Yeah. Um, so there's one that a really weird one of curling on there, and uh, the Untold series, too. So uh, they recently did the Manti Teo yes. documentary. Yeah, that was and wild. They, they did the one about the mafia who owned a minor league hockey team and shit like that. But there's yeah. just something about sport docu- sports documentaries. Like I will watch. Um, I mean, the perfect example of it is uh, Last Dance. Yeah, Last I don't, Dance I, was very captivating. I don't give a shit about basketball. Yeah, I, I, I was, I was enthralled by the whole fucking series. It's, it is great, and I, I do like, um, I like basketball, not to the point that I follow it because I don't have the time because there's too many games. Yeah, but yeah, I, it was definitely one of those ones that like you had, and I think there's a lot of people that weren't interested necessarily in basketball yeah. that that gave their time to it. So, yeah, great, 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 great documentary. Anyway. If people um, want to actually, you know, are fed up of us recommending not movies as our re- movie recommendations, <laughs> is there any films that maybe people might want to watch this week instead uh, of uh, we, ESPN documentary? You were rec- uh, expecting a movie recommendation and I gave you a 60-minute documentary. So the good thing there is it means you've probably got some more time because you've uh, clearly set some time away in a day to watch a film. So I thought, hey, what's, what's a film that could fill the rest of that time? So it's uh, th- this is longer than our past two choices combined <laughs> by I think about half an hour. So this is the two hours and twenty minute long masterpiece that is Ari Aster's Midsummer. Has absolutely fuck all to do with sport, very little to do with fantasy, but it is still one of the best movies ever made. Yeah, I mean, what what can I say that we haven't already? It's I feel like it's another time to say. It's just a very good film. I'm saying this in front of Midsummer Art. I now hover my wall. I'm saying it. I'm listening to it whilst wearing a Midsummer <laughs> t-shirt. <laughs> we're we're yeah. great. We're not. We're we're nothing if not predictable. Exactly. So <laughs> after all of that, uh, we will try and figure out the rule book for uh, Nobody Ball, yeah. uh, the game that can only be played by Magic users. Um, but before we do that, I believe the first choice is yours. It is. For my first choice, it's probably one of the the most popular fantasy sports in the sense that it is a sport which is fictional but has had a 
I guess, a real-world version of it played. Although, for reasons that will become quite obvious, it's it's very dissimilar to the fantasy version of the sport. And that is mostly because, unfortunately, kids, magic isn't real. So I'm talking about the um, game of Quidditch in the Harry Potter uh, series of, in this case, movies, but obviously novels, games, Lego, probably. Lego. I'm sure, yes, there's definitely Harry Potter Lego, isn't there? There's definitely Harry Potter. I think yeah. there's probably a Harry Potter Quidditch Lego, to be honest with you. I like, I'd put my Lego. On. No Lego, like model. Lego. All right, let's fuck it. We, we got Google. This is a thing. Uh, Lego Harry Potter Quidditch. Because, like you said, I am certain it exists. It exists. Let me, okay, let's have a second guess. I reckon it costs. Yes, that is, that is, you have preempted the game I wanted to play. <laughs> Recommended retail price of. Forty-five pounds. Okay, I can't see the price. I can't see the price on the actual Lego website. Right. So we are going to go for Amazon and what it is priced on Amazon. So five hundred pieces. Yeah. Um, it is sixty-nine pound thirteen. Oh, I was going to say seventy originally, and then I thought it can't be that big, so. But yeah, uh, you so. can get a Lego Diagon Alley for three hundred and ninety. That seems reasonable. Lego is so fucking expensive. It is, yeah. Um, but yes, Quidditch. So Quidditch is um, the wizarding sport of choice. I think it's the own. It's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because in uh, non magical or Muggle world, um, we have many sports. It seems that really they only have the one in the uh, the wizarding world. Do you, do you think there's like different like codes of it? Like, do you think there's like Quidditch League and Quidditch Union, <laughs> or like five? Well, I was going to say five a size Quidditch, but is it five a side anyway? I think so. Seven, seven a side. So Tri- yeah, uh, five a side works. Street Quidditch, yeah. <laughs> beach Quidditch, beach Quidditch, yeah. Beach Quidditch, I could get behind. Underwater Quidditch, like water polo, but water Quidditch. Yeah, I could see, I could see water Quidditch working. Yeah, that's the closest to us being able. Well, that's Blitzball. Yeah, <laughs> underwater Quidditch is just Blitzball with broomsticks. Soggy, soggy bl- uh, broomsticks. Soggy, soggy Blitzball. Yeah, you heard it here first. That is uh, J.K. Rowling was inspired by Final Fantasy X. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So. Quidditch, uh, I'm sure everyone is aware, but you have the three goalposts at either end of the Quidditch pitch, I guess it is. And you have seven players, as we said. So there's three chasers, two beaters, a keeper and a seeker. And basically the chasers are throwing the quaffle around, which is a fantastic word. And that's just how you basically score regular goals. So every time you score with the quaffle, throw it through the hoop, you get... Uh, 10 points. Oh, quaffle. Uh, then you have the bludgers. They're the other balls that you have in Quidditch. So these are the big like cannonball things that fly around indiscriminately attacking people. And the job of the beaters is to beat them. Beat them off. Beat them off. Okay. Beat them off. <laughs> beat them away. Maybe not beat them off. Beat them. Beat, like, they're beating them off. They're beating them off. Uh, to stop and essentially protect the, the chasers, the keeper and the seeker. The keeper is obviously trying to keep the goals out. 
And then you have the one part of Quidditch that I'm changing. <laughs> because okay. the Golden Snitch and the Seeker is is just is is stupid. It basically means everybody else involved in a Quidditch team is just the tight like they're the play clock. Yeah, yeah. They may as not well they may as well not play. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day it's just who ends up catching this thing because it's worth 150 points. It's it's it is stupid. There's there's only one exception where in at least in literature of the uh... <laughs> <laughs> That was that was such a wanky way to phrase that. Obviously in Quidditch literature. In Quidditch literature of of um the people not winning by by catching it, which is when the Bulgarian seeker Victor Crumb catched the snitch for Bulgaria during the World Cup final in the Goblet of Fire, while his team is still 160 points behind Ireland, thus making his own team lose by only 10 points. Yeah, like I I know I mentioned in the in the preamble to all of this that I like it when games have different scoring <laughs> things, yeah. but I I I think my limit is like. I think rugby's the limit of seven and three, but even then, it is it is really five three and two. Yeah, like it's not five three and two and then ninety. Well, this is the thing. This the equivalent of this would be you play a game of rugby, but actually in the like seventy fifth minute, you unleash a goat onto the field, and whoever catches the goat wins. Yeah, which to be, to be now you put it that way. <laughs> Maybe I am for that, because that is a hell of a mental image. Just, you're running around, you know, you're in a scrum, and you just hear someone shout, GOAT! <laughs> yeah, or you do it um, for international rugby. It's the sort of nation's animal of choice of the opposing nation that you have to catch. Or just like the national bird. Or the national bird. Well, I was trying to give you guys a you guys a bit of an advantage, having yours as a fictional dragon that people would have to bring down. Oh, yeah, true. Scotland get their unicorn. They get well, a unicorn. Which would be nice. yeah. England would have you... a lion. So, given my answer is definitely uh, the ones who beat off, um, what position do you think you're most suited to in Quidditch? Um, uh, unfor- unfortunately, after that whole thing of the snitch is pointless, I think you'd yeah. be a seeker. Uh, yeah, probably. Um, but the, we're we're doing away with that, so I think I'd have to go maybe keeper. Got all... keeper? Yeah, why not? Yeah, point because you might be, you might be for for, for people who want to know this. Graham's really fast. It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of like like awkwardly fast, where you don't think he's going to be, and then suddenly he's he's run away. I mean, I don't, I don't look like a particularly fast man. No, I, <laughs> me, me. However, I'm as quick as I look. <laughs> like nobody is surprised when they see me. Uh, it's like a cross between a waddle and a shuffle. <laughs> but yeah, so I would definitely be. Is it just, so? It's just beater. You'd you'd be a beater. Yeah, I'd be a beater. Yeah, you'd be a keeper in yeah. this non. Well, this is this is the code thing, then, isn't it? Snitch snitchless Quidditch. Snitchless Quidditch. Yeah. Snitchless Quidditch. Which yeah, I I do I definitely prefer that because there is definitely something to the game that again because snitchless Quidditch, which is a really hard thing to say, <laughs> it lines up with my three. The, the things I want from sport. It's full contact. Yeah. Different ways to score, so there's a bit of a strategy to it. Yep. And, and it, then it lines up with your one of magic. There we go. 
<laughs> boom Snitch, snitchless quidditch is the way forward snitchless quidditch yeah so um as i mentioned it just needs a draft now this this is true as i mentioned it is a uh fantasy sport that has made its way into the realms of of reality though i'm not sure the people that play it are in the realms of, realms of reality it is as bizarre have you ever seen people play it i i've seen it advertised i haven't seen people play it properly yeah. And I also know they've now rebranded it to get away from the whole J.K. Rowling being J.K. Rowling thing. Yeah, so there's an so it's been re- renamed as Quadball, but the 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 way this is written is is just hilarious. U.S. Quidditch and Major League Quidditch announced in 2022 that they were renaming the sport Quadball. <laughs> Major League Major, Major League, League Quidditch. Quidditch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I've just, I've got the uh, quad ball has a unique set of rules that include elements from rugby, basketball, and do- okay, right. If I didn't know this was based, what this had its uh, origins in. Origins in quad ball has a unique set of rules that includes elements from rugby, basketball, and dodgeball. A roster consists of twenty-one athletes with six or seven players per team on the field at any one time. I mean that. But then it stop me when it gets to the point you would know what it is. Each end of the pitch features three hoops of varying heights on which the chasers and keepers score. Each player must be mounted on a broom when in play. <laughs> this, this, this is the. Uh, I think this is the major downfall. MLQ has at least seven official, at least seven officials per game: a head referee, two assistant referees, two goal referees, a snitch referee, and a snitch runner. So I and I don't know the answer to this because I haven't looked into it. Is the is the snitch runner? Is there essentially someone that runs around <laughs> that has to get caught? My that is my assumption. Good snitch runners must be fast, smart, and strong, able to maintain full awareness of a chaotic Quidditch pitch. <laughs> yeah, a, a snitch runner is just a dude dressed in yellow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Field test. You, there's test criteria to become a snitch. Excellent. Do you think we could? Um, do you think we'd be able to qualify? <laughs> this is this. Oh fucking hell! This is amazing. It's an auto fail uh, if the candidate breaches the snitch runner's code of conduct. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh fucking hell! Oh, so they do it as a tennis ball placed at the bottom of a long yellow pouch that is attached to the back of a snitch runner's shorts, as if it were a tail. <laughs> I'm just searching the snitch runner's code of conduct. The snitch runner may do everything in their power to protect the snitch from being caught by seekers. For example, pushing, running, or even throwing the player's broom away. Throwing the player's <laughs> broom away. <laughs> That's a yellow card for breach of broom. Any form of broom throwing by the snitch is generally to be avoided. Oh. According to the... Uh... <laughs> this is the weirdest conversation we've had. According to the German Quidditch League... Do you think there's like bad boys of Quidditch? You know, like you've got your um, <clears throat> if you go back to like your Vinnie Joneses in the nineties of uh, professional football, who was who was known for leaving a leaving a bad tackle in, and uh, it's the famous picture of him grabbing someone's balls as well, isn't yeah. it? But um, do you, do you think there's <clears throat> there's the equivalent um, snitch runners? Who are just they're the ones that are just lobbing broomsticks left, right, bad, and center. The bad boy of snitches. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, snitches, snitches do get, get stitches. stitches. Yep. 
Ah, well, <laughs> I've learned something today, Graham. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. So it has, as I say, it has um <clears throat> has uh, found its way into the the realms of reality. So it is a popular fantasy sport. But yeah, I think it's it, it's good for. Apart from the whole snitch thing, and we fixed that. We've gone snitchless Quidditch. It's like T twenty for for um for Quidditch. It's it's a lot of fun. I'd like to play it. Yeah. I like it. The the magical one, not the um not the uh the real one? I don't know if we can call it yeah. real. Um, not quadball. <laughs> you want to play Quidditch, not quadball. Yeah. And actually, if we were to play a real one, I'm going to go back to my my new idea for rugby in that we release a goat. Yeah. Well, I mean, and like you want, yeah, so you you I would also want snitchless broomless quidditch if i was actually doing it yeah because that that that's the bit of the game i'm not all right with everything else it seems like a very interesting way of doing it my choice then your choice and uh we get we get a nice little uh embarrassing anecdote for this one because yesterday graham and i went to the pub with with nate who we mentioned in the introduction so Hi, Nate, if you're listening. He won't be. I think he might listen to this one just because we've already told him he's mentioned. Ah, uh, true, true. And he's a selfish, self-absorbed man. But we, as a collective, couldn't remember the phrase roller derby. <laughs> we uh, we went with, I think I went with demolition derby on roller skates. Yeah, so you basically said all of the words. All of the words, <laughs> but yeah, we, we completely blanked on roller derby. Uh, because we were at the new Brewdog in Waterloo, and there is an area in it called the Zoom Room, and I could only imagine room. it being a roller derby uh, arena. But it's not. It's just a co-working space, and that's a lot less interesting. It is a literal Zoom Room. A literal Zoom Room. Uh, so my my fantasy sport is a mix of... And actually, I'm gonna, I, before I go into that, I'm gonna, I'll throw out what we probably should have mentioned in the intro, in that we have covered basketball at length previously. Yeah. So we aren't picking basketball. Correct. I, I apologise to everybody who was hoping for that. But my first choice is a mix of roller derby and Calcio Storico. So Calcio Storico, like we kind of mentioned at the beginning, was on an episode of Home Game, the Netflix series. And it is like a really old... Is it Florence? Uh, is it yeah. Florentine? Yeah. So yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's an old... Uh, quote-unquote football game that's yeah. played just in Florence and it is fucked. Like, that's the, it is that's basically... the real, um, real reason I've just been to Florence. I was, I was trying out for, uh, <laughs> for one of the teams. For one of the... Was it red, green? It's just four teams. Red. They're all named after colours. Yeah. They play once a year and they only play two games. If you, if you become the champion, you've only you played, played two, two games. games. Yeah, and because you can too own, many people get hurt, and you can only play for the team of the region you're born in. Yeah, and it is it is a mix between football, rugby, cage fighting. It is so fucking cool to watch. But they are again speaking as a guy who has probably fucked their back right now from playing rugby. This is another fucking. I don't get why people would do it. Oh, some of the injuries in that documentary were just horrific. Oh yeah, because like it's also like you would have people just fighting because it takes them out of the game. Like yeah, you're allowed yeah. to do that, but it, it's so fucking cool. And I I would really recommend. I've watched that episode of Home Game like repeatedly. So my like I said, the, my 
fantasy sport is a mixture of the two. And it is from the uh, 1975 film of the same name, Rollerball. So Rollerball is... Uh, so it's teams race around an inclined circular track, basically attempting to grab a small steel ball and score a goal with it. So the goal is like a massive funnel and you're supposed to throw the ball into it, basically. Uh, teams have 10 players. Seven of them are on roller skates and three of them are on motorbikes. Obviously. It is three 20-minute periods. The ball must be held in plain view at all times so everybody knows who has the ball. And the game starts with... So there's like a gutter around the track and like kind of like pinball, like the steel ball just gets rocketed out of a cannon down that track. Nice. So you have people whose job is they've got like a giant like catcher's mitt and they have to try and pick it up from the gutter and then it's you're just beating the ever-loving shit out of everyone yeah there are uh yeah the, the through the plot of the film they end up kind of like changing the rules so the last get uh, the last match um there's no substitutions and no penalties so it just ends up like two people left <laughs> but it's it is like it's it is a very 70s film is what i'll say about the film but didn't they a, do a two thousands remake? Or am I yes, making yes. that up? And not just that, it was John, uh, the guy who directed Die Hard and Predator, directed a remake in like okay. two thousand and two. That I'm fairly sure starred, um, oh, fuck, was it LL Cool J? Yes. So Chris Klein, yeah, as in uh, him from American Pie. No, not that one. Or that one. No, 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 the other one. <laughs> John Renault right. and LL Cool J. Ladies love Cool James. Yeah. And uh, Naveen Andrews, most famously as Saeed and Lost. Uh, yeah. But the 1970s version has James Kahn, and James Kahn is a fucking badass. But it is, it is such. It, it, I, I just like anything which is like a, the 70s version of what future sport would be. And it's just dudes in spandex going around a inclined track, beating the shit out of each other. Because I would watch, I would, I would watch the shit out of this. Like I'm man enough to admit that. Oh, it would absolutely be like, I mean, uh, cast aside fantasy NFL, fantasy uh, rollable, fantasy rollable. Yeah, yeah. I got, an, I got a kill bonus today because uh, my defender <laughs> killed someone. But the funniest thing with rollable is. Uh, so Norman Jewison, who's the director, was contacted multiple times requesting the rights and rules to the game so that people could form actual rollerball leagues because the, the, the film was quite successful and people kind of really latched onto the idea. Yeah. But the whole point is that the film is like a satire of the sickness. And it, uh, the quote was... Uh, the entire point of the movie was to show the sickness and insanity of contact sports and their allure. So, like, the whole point was that sports like this take it too far. Yeah. And what people took from the film was like, oh, you know Let's what? Let's do it. We should play rollerball. <laughs> rollerball would be a thing. But I can't, I can't ride a motorbike, so I, I also can't skate. So I, I would be in a bit of problems playing this, but... I'd probably be I'd probably be one of the skaters, I think. Are they in line or are they like the quad skates like a roller I think, derby I skate? I think they're I think they're the roller derby skate in these okay. ones. 
Well, then you've got a little bit more of a base. I think you'd be okay. Yeah, I, I could figure it out. I mean, you'd need to give me, give, give me a bit of time. I don't know why, but I'm imagining you on roller skates as either Bebop or Rocksteady from uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. <laughs> That's a completely normal thing to think, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Mostly on a, on account of your snout. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but yeah, so like Rollerball is just like first, it's a it's a great film. Like I, I I would recommend watching it. It is like it is the like very definition of a cult classic, right? Like it is kind of really, it's really over the top. I I, I think it has an interesting, especially it is very dated. Just for again, like a lot of kind of mid seventies stuff like this would be. But I think kind of the messaging around like sport and uh kind of you know especially kind of dangerous contact sport if anything is like super relevant now as well so yeah i'd definitely recommend it as a as a film but the idea the just the the idea of it right like even just kind of the brief summary of what the sport is sounds fucking wild yeah i mean i definitely um i definitely like to watch it who do you think if you were to say like it's a rollerball becomes a sport tomorrow Obviously, there's no one that's kind of grown up with rollerball. There's no rollerball players out there. Which kind of athletes do you think are going to be attracted to uh, start playing rollerball? Interesting. So, yeah, I mean, and the, the, the teams as well in the movie are... So the league they play in are made up of teams such as... So James Kahn plays for Houston. Yeah. Uh, New York. Tokyo and Madrid. Okay. A real global Make, affair. So, so th- these athletes would get to travel. Yeah, is what I'm saying. But I, I don't know. Like a lot of the, I think rugby players would definitely be. I could see a lot of rugby players being into this kind of thing, um, because there is a lot of, well, obviously, contact. How how much um, padding are you getting? I'm I'm envisioning maybe more NFL players because they're used to the the helmets and the uh, the padding. So you you. If memory serves correctly, there's very limited padding. Okay. There's there is there is padding as you would get for roller skating rather than padding as you would get for rollerball. Okay. So it's it's like um fucking cyclists wear helmets. That's the kind of stuff we're talking about rather than motorbikes. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I mean and I, I would see kind of NFL players as well, but the ones who like running the blocking lines rather than the ones who actually like catching the ball. Oh yeah, I mean Cooper Cup isn't isn't suiting up for this, is he? <laughs> oh no, but like George Kittle would. Yeah. Mark George Andrews. Kittle, George Kittle in a heartbeat. A lot of if we're going rugby, flankers and centres, I think would love this. Yeah. I, I could I could see Heyday Sam Warburton being a fan of this kind of game. You know, there's one person from the NFL of, of days gone by who would be front and centre for this Rob Gronkowski oh god yes <laughs> the whole Gronkowski <laughs> clan yeah actually I could see the, 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 the Gronks and the Watts being up for this which sounds yeah. like a, a cowboy feud <laughs> yeah no Rob that that's it Rob Gronkowski is the poster child for Rollerball yeah and we all know that this would end up maybe not now but if we'd record this as episode last year, we would have said this would have been run by Vince McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you picture who the rollerball commissioner will be, all you can think of is Vince McMahon. Because it is too it is too brutal for The Rock to do it. 
we are they, this is the other potential person right but yeah i think yeah but I, d- um... I don't think it it's it's not it is not optimistic enough for the rock no <laughs> while vince mcmahon i think would love the shit out of this because then there's also like a load of wrestlers that i could see being into this kind of shit as well yeah like just really stupidly over the top but yeah i i think the yeah the houston gronks we'll call the team the houston gronks because was there three gronks or two um because there was there was glenn gronkowski was like a fullback for a little bit yeah i think if i remember rightly based on his um i i would say his book but it's it's not really um i don't think we can actually class it as a book um he talks about i think multiple brothers uh, who used to because i never made it all the way through that book i made it through probably about 10 pages because it, it's written like it is um has been written in crayon it's called yeah. it's good to be grunk i have it here nice written in crayon written in crayon um, my favorite thing with that book and i did read it all is it alternates between stuff written like uh i used to like to party and drink college was fun and then proper detailed dissections of how uh you play as a blocking tight end <laughs> like it's like it's it's like there's two distinct parts of his brain so here's in this and this is just the page that i opened it up on and this this is almost um poetic because of the the real insights and the nuances into um rob gronkowski's brain uh after the big win i went out to the big hangout bar with dan We've got a lot of variations on on the word big here. Yeah. Dan, Chris, and a bunch of their teammates. As soon as he walked into the bar, the song Jump Around came on. And I was so fired up, I just instinctively started jumping up and down as high as I could. Uh. My head actually hit the chandelier, and though it hurt a little, I thought it was funny, and so did everyone else. So I kept jumping. (laughs) Fucking hell. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, it's just, okay. Oh, this guy's a multi-millionaire. Do you want to read? Just if you ever want to feel like you've achieved nothing, do you want to see what it says at the bottom of that book? Good to be. It's good to be Gronk. New York Times bestseller. <laughs> Fucking hell. So there are four brothers. Okay. Um, Dan Gronkowski was also a tight end. Played for a couple of teams in the NFL. Glenn Gronkowski was a fullback. Chris Gronkowski was also a fullback. And then Gordy Gronkowski was minor league baseball. The runt of the litter, clearly. Yeah. So all five of them I could see getting into rollerball. But yeah, like I would, again, if if someone told, if someone explained this sport to me, it's, oh, what are you doing this weekend? It's like, oh, we're going to see rollerball. It's kind of like roller derby, but some people are on motorbikes and they beat the shit out of each other for an hour. I would immediately go. I, I, I completely agree. This uh, one for me is probably the most unethical of all the sports we'll cover today. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But also, I would argue, the most likely to actually happen. <laughs> oh, I cannot argue against that. <laughs> The way things are currently trending. The way things are trending, this may not be a fantasy sport for much longer. 
So this is a a film, obviously. It's also a novel that came out the year before the film and is a manga series as well. It is unfortunately not an anime. And it is the one kind of... It's the one manga. I know I've not read a lot of manga. I I read all of this when um, when I was younger. But it feels like the the content would be so good for an anime series because the film's great as well but like obviously some of the stuff in the manga is like it takes it to the nth extreme and stuff well, it's also um which i never never quite put together um influenced a whole genre of video games it has yeah <laughs> it yeah. absolutely has yeah so i think it would be it would be great from i'd, I'd love to see it as an anime and maybe it'll happen one day who knows but the film in question and the I guess the film and the sport all rolled into one is Battle Royale. One of the choices where we are going to have to phrase this very, very carefully. So, Graham, exactly how do you want to watch kids die? <laughs> um. Well, yeah. So, not necessarily kids. <laughs> okay. And not necessarily. I'm taking the premise of the sport. Okay. Sport and saying that it could be an interesting thing to watch. And maybe, you know, maybe let's assume that um, we don't carry on this awful trend towards whatever we're ending up in, in terms of society. And well, like you said, like we, we aren't that far away from the trust games. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> um, but something, maybe there could be a kind of a halfway point where it's kind of like Battle Royale, but with paintball guns and 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 nerf stabbies knives i've really lost nerf, it today nerf stabbies nerf, nerf stabbies <laughs> nerf stabbies yeah okay so you want uh still full contact but less less fatal less fatal yeah okay so a le- less fatal about a royale that's most of the issues out of the way that's or got you- rid of I, I had to get rid of one of my choices because it was 100% a blood sport. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's two ways of doing it. You either go down that route and make it like non, non-fatal non or you could go down the route of like um, you'd need some tech from like Ready Player One, the whole haptic suit thing, but you hmm. wear like you are an avatar in a battle royale and you okay. kind of feel the... Graham, yep. what, you, what, what you're explaining now is Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say that you're not technically I, I, in a haptic suit for Fortnite. <laughs> I say I say that, but it is also that's true. Bat- Battle Royale, but in VR without death, you're playing Fortnite. Ish. Did you ever play Fortnite? Did you actually play any of these Battle Royale games? I tried Fortnite. I couldn't get into it because of the whole building thing. Just felt weird to me and it didn't really fit with it the one battle royale game i have played and enjoyed was PUBG. yeah i think i played was there a free to play call of duty one yes there was i think it was literally called just wasn't it just call of duty battle royale or something like that uh, warzone warzone that was warzone. It. so I, I played that i haven't played apex legends looked interesting i played but... like 15 minutes of that at my cousins yeah but i'm just i I know what I'm like, and these definitely feel like games that I would end up. I would suddenly, it would suddenly be four in the morning on a work night. <laughs> like, we've all had those games before, right? 
Oh, like, usually um, my my job wasn't important enough for it to matter. World um, of World of Warcraft was uh, my A levels weren't important enough to matter. What were you, what, what what did you play as in Warcraft? I was a uh, knight elf paladin. No knight elf. Aww, I, I started. Alliance. I started as a. What did I start? No, I started as a dwarf paladin, and then I went to a knight elf rogue. Wait, it was knight knight elves. Were they horde? Uh, no, they were alliance. Uh, oh, we found another thing where we vehemently disagree on where we diverge. Uh, why, we, why we diverge is because because uniqueness is good. Um, <laughs> I was a, I was a troll shaman. And what about in Warcraft? Hey, hilarious. <laughs> The deeply cutting banter. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was a troll shaman. Uh, for, I did. I did play one of the. What were the bull fuckers called? The the sorries. What the big the big bull cunts. Oh, taurons. Taurons. I was, I was a tauron for a bit. My name was yeah. Muck Pointless, and people did not appreciate how unseriously I took the game. <laughs> but I t- I told you about how uh, what stopped me playing Warcraft. Uh no. A uh, friend, a friend of mine, Ryan, yeah, um, messaged me one weekend and said, "Hey, do you want to do something?" And I said, "Yeah, I've got quests to do here. I could do this, uh, and there's this raid I want to do." And he was like, "No, I meant like go into town." And it was like, "Oh," and I, st- I didn't, I haven't played it since. Like, as soon as I confused an invite to actually do something with yeah. an invite to play a computer game, I was like, "Right, my my priorities have shifted too much now. I need to leave." And haven't touched it since. I think that's that's probably the best approach. Um, yeah. My uh, there's there's a mutual friend who we won't well, a mutual acquaintance shall we say who we won't name um, who was insanely addicted to Warcraft at university to the point where um, his social calendar was around Warcraft rather than around his lectures and people going out. Oh, no. So yeah, it's 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 a wild one. I um. Uh, talking of, of similar, like you said about the whole the pointless thing and people not saying you're not taking it seriously. Have you seen the people who do like the um, the role playing servers of Grand Theft Auto? There are role playing servers of Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, where people will play as they're a cop and they go out and they just they'd have a day as a cop. No, <laughs> that game isn't designed to play seriously. <laughs> Yeah. Fucking hell. That 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 would be like having uh like a role playing thing of Madden. Where it's like, oh actually I'm on IR right now, so I'm just I'm just playing out. <laughs> I'm just I'm just sat playing at out home. sitting at home. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, I, I, yeah which to be fair, right now, I am. <laughs> you are on IR. I am on IR. I would I would put you on I, Ian Harry's on bracket back. Close brackets. Pup. I oh, well no, because the season started. Yeah, but you are That's... physically unable to perform. Oh yeah, but I thought you had to be put. You had to be put on pup before the season, right? Uh, possibly. I I just I just like the word pup. Pup. That's fair. Rather than err. An err. Um, infrared. Um, yeah. Look. Have have a look after after this. Uh, look at watch a couple of videos of people role playing Grand Theft It is it is wild. Yeah. Okay. I'll give it a go. So. <laughs> Killing kids. 
<laughs> battle royale. So we're gonna battle, go. Battle royale. We're gonna go for non-fatal battle royale. But um, so the the premise of the movie is that um, that basically, like you say, there's a bunch of junior high students that are forced to fight to the death by a Japanese totalitarian government. They're all put on an island. They're given. A, they're lined up. They get to grab a bag of weapons. Um, some of them bags are filled with. Um, filled with uh, high-powered like uh, rifles and things some of them are filled with like i don't know like a wooden spoon right it's luck of the draw um and then it is literally a case of and it is you're right actually the people really did take the battle royale aspect from from the video yeah. games because the whole idea is you go out onto the island fight to the death last person standing wins and in order to make sure that people aren't just hiding away the um, zones get smaller that you can be in and if you're not in those zones your head explodes basically yeah yeah it is because the idea is it's so people it's to stop th- stuff against the government because people no longer trust anyone yeah because they know everyone is capable of stabbing and betraying the person next to them. yeah so yeah. and basically and they say that it's their whole thing is like it's to curb the nation's juvenile delinquency. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... you'd have a draft. All right. If you if you were if you were drafting for uh, battle royale, who mm. would you want to? Who would you want to put on this island? Who would I want to put on this island? The entirety of the House of Commons. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, maybe not yeah. the whole entire. Maybe just the cabinet. Yeah. Fuckers. But yeah, no. This is like to go full satire this is the most likely one to happen it is it really it, genuinely, yeah. it would not surprise me yeah but yeah it's as i say it's it's fairly unethical but we could probably find find a way around that with a with a non-fatal version but actually you know a non-fatal version i'm imagining it being like this is like the 2020s version of gladiators saturday night tv chris akabusi presenting I don't know if he's still alive or not. Is Chris Akabusi still alive? I don't know. Did he Did he even present? I don't know if he did present. No, it was John Fashnu, wasn't it, that presented Glad- Gladiators? Who presented Gladiators? Oh, the Waiver Wire. I forgot the Waiver Wire was on. <laughs> John Fashnu and Ulrika Johnson. Ulrika, ka, 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 ka. Yeah, ka. so get, get them back. Saturday All Night right. TV. You've just ordered your fish and chips or your Domino's pizza. Other pizza providers are available. And uh, you sit setting down to watch an hour of um, of non-fatal battle royale. You've got Jim from Coventry, Sheila from Skegness, and everyone else in between. The winner so, wins so, a million pounds. So you you have hinted here. Yeah. Um, not only is this non-fatal, but it's also not school kids. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's fair. I think I think probably for the best if we're going to go down the ethical route. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> ethical battle royale. It's like eth- age. You, would you have age range? You could. Like, uh, well, my, my my son's currently playing a under sixteen battle royale. <laughs> <laughs> under sixteen rollerball. The, I guess the only little, issue is it would be little rollers, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I guess the. Um... I mean, if you think about it in the context of the Tory government, it's probably going to be, uh, rather than age-based, it would be based on socioeconomic status. And actually, the the overall prize isn't a million pounds. It's just access to your benefits. Oh. <laughs> oh. 
So, Battle Royale, I'm Daniel Blake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Okay. <laughs> do you, I'll do like a sad transition music. Okay. On a lighter note, <laughs> my, my next choice uh, I have written in my notes is basically Chef meets Rocky Four, but with robots beating the shit out of each other. Because I'm talking about 2011's Real Steel. Real Steel is a movie about Hugh Jackman. Uh, well, where Hugh, where not about Hugh Jackman. You know what I mean. <laughs> a, a character played by Hugh Jackman. But you've been listening to this podcast long enough to know that we don't know character names. Um, Hugh Jackman reconnects with his son while touring the country with their boxing robot. So my fantasy sport here is robot boxing. I will take no further questions. Nice. What was the, what's the what was the game Rock'em Rock'em Sock'em Robots? Right. It's basically like the. It is. It is basically that. a family film of Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Yeah. Like I think there is also a reference to Rock'em Sock'em Robots in Real Steel. Nice. But like it's just what it says on the fucking tin. It's robot boxing. It is giant fuck off robots beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. Um, Will we get Craig Charles to present it? We will 100% get Cray Charles to present it. Some of the boxes are... Sorry, some of the robots are voice-controlled. Some of them are remote-controlled. Uh, at one point, like he does a bit of shadow boxing, and the boxer, the robot copies him. Yeah. It's standard boxing rules. Queensbury rules. Queensbury rules. You, you fight, fight in rounds. Uh, between the rounds, you're allowed to do, uh, like, weld your robot a little bit. <laughs> get him back up to standard <laughs> if needed. But it's, it's a... Like, it's a distinctly average film, but the actual concept behind it is 100% something I would watch. Like, so these robots are called things like Atom, Ambush, uh, Midas, Noisy Boy, who I think is like a fucking samurai robot. Noisy Boy. And it's just, yeah, it's just fucking Robot Wars ramped up to 11. And Robot Wars was fucking amazing. Robot Wars was great, wasn't it? Who was your favourite robot on Robot Wars? Um, we are going to be saying robot a lot. Robot. Um, robot. I think. It, I mean, Sir Killalot was obviously like the the big daddy robot, wasn't he? Uh, Sir Killalot was was because you had Sergeant Bash. Yeah, was the flamethrower cunt. He was uh, the Matilda. That was the Triceratops, right? Yeah, Shunt. He was the. Don't you call me that? Who <laughs> uh, was the thingy one? Grabby Grabby. Grabby Grabby Scorpion uh, one. Dead Metal. Nice. I think it was Dead Metal. Yeah. And then the last series I when I started aging out of it a bit, they also had a ref bot. Yeah, it was that that it just had like a referee's t shirt on it, right? Yeah. Am I imagining then, that correctly? Yeah, and then there was a dog one. But I can't fuck it, let's Google. Google. A lot of Googling on this one. House robots. That's just gonna come with Roombas, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Shut. Shunt, Dead Metal, Matilda, Sir Killalot. There was one called Cassius Chrome. Oh, yes! <laughs> he, he fucking punched people! Uh, um, how, how depressing is it to you that you remembered the names of most of the robots from Robot Wars but can't remember a film that you recommended a friend last night? Yeah, it hurts my feelings. <laughs> I got a deep, deep... So... Like we said, we went out and we both we recommended a film to Nate and neither of us can remember what that film... None of us can Not remember what that film was now. And it, <laughs> it, it's really... And I'm sitting here with a hip that feels like it's on fire as well. 
So, yeah, I'm having to come to terms with a lot of things about my age right now. But, <laughs> yeah, um, my, my, my personal favourite robots, I, I, I remember there was, like, Psycho Sprout, who was a giant, it, like, it couldn't fight, it was just a fucking giant sphere. Uh, Hypnodisc. Hypnodisc won it loads, right? Am I right in thinking I, that? I, th- I think it did very well. Like, yeah, because it was the flywheel. Yeah. Razor won a lot as well, right? Ray- Razor was really... I was going to say Razor. He was very good. You know Daniel Sloss, the comedian? Yeah. His dad, he was on uh, Robot Wars as like a 13-year-old. Oh, really? And their robot had to be rebuilt because uh, of illegal weaponry. Because I think his dad got a drill bit from like a fucking oil rig or something. Like a diamond-tipped excellent dr- uh, screw thing or something. And they had to, it's like, you can't have this on this robot. <laughs> I think Daniel Sloss talks about it on one of his uh, stand-ups on Netflix. But yeah, like, yeah, Hypnodisc was cool. It's like Suicidal Tendencies. It was like a one that could run either way up. Yeah. Pussycat. I don't, don't remember that one. Pussycat was like a trapezoid kind of shape. Oh um, yeah, and it had like a spinning disc on the top of it. I just got ranked the top the the uh, twenty five best robots from Robot Wars. Nice. There was also a uh, there was a Dutch Robot Wars, a German Robot Wars as well. Robot Wars Extreme. Nice. Chaos Two. Do you remember Chaos Two? Yes. It was just the flipper. Yeah. Roadblock was another one which was made out of a roadhead's clothes sign. Yes, I remember that one. Yeah, Hypnodisc. Hypnodisc reached the grand final three times, but never won. Okay, I always remember it doing doing very well. Firestorm! I remember Firestorm as well! Yeah. Terror, oh, terror is... hurts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Behemoth, who just looked like a digger. Okay, so here's a question for you. What was your... What used to be your post-school evening oh. TV routine. No, we, we've talked about this before, because <laughs> this was the time we said exactly the same thing. I think probably fairly... I think it probably evolved over the over the years, so there's definitely like a more of a CITV leading um, in the in the younger days. Oh, no, I mean, uh, I mean, we had this exact conversation because we both said uh, good old Robot Wars. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Getting Sky was like the you used to get two episodes of The Simpsons every night at seven o'clock. That just was a that was a game changer. Six PM, BBC Two. <laughs> if we were lucky, then Malcolm in the Middle, then Fresh Prince of Bel Air, then Robot Wars. Oh, that's a that's a that's a like a top tier night of entertainment, it's a top, isn't top it? Top tier Friday night. Yeah. Good, Good old, old Robot, Robot Wars. Wars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's. Uh... <laughs> It is officially time for you to leave, Ian. <laughs> that, that, that was the most... That was too in sync. It was too in sync, and it was too many words. Yeah. Yeah, So because it was, uh, depending how early you want to go, News Round, Neighbours, Simpsons, Fresh Prince, Malcolm in the Middle, Robot Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much was, exactly that, yeah. I would was, sometimes, glorious. sometimes dip over to Trouble and watch like Hang Time. Do you remember Hang Time? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, two Guys and a Girl and Pizza Place. I didn't watch a lot of that, you know. Which became Two Guys and a Girl after like the first series. Yeah, cause even it's stupid, though it's a stupid fucking title. It is, although they 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 didn't recast the Pizza Place. It was still there. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. And then um, it, there was always the uh, the wait for The Simpsons, wasn't there? But maybe for you, because again, my uh, I, I'll just I'll lie shamelessly. My mum used to watch Neighbours, and I would be in the room while it was on. <laughs> I can't believe that's done. Fucking yeah. T- Tories taking everything away from us. Um, but yeah, so back to robot boxing. Yeah. Uh, Real Steel it, it is it is better than I remembered it being. So it's Sean, uh, Sean Levy directs it. And he's very good, I think, of just directing f- stupid, fun films. It's kind of his bag. But it is, it is literally just two giant robots in a ring fighting and beating the shit, but beating the oil out of each other. Yes. And I would, again, like if you had tickets to go see this... I was a hundred percent go. Yeah, I'd prefer it to watching like Anthony Joshua, to be honest. Well, yeah, because you've got the you've got the added thing of like I'm fairly sure like in one of them one of the robots has two heads. Yeah, like you you don't necessarily have to just look like a person. You could have like four fucking arms. Do you think that there would be an inevitable crossover at the point where someone like let's say Tyson Fury decided that he could box a robot. I mean I would watch him I would watch him try to fight like Hypnodisc or something. <laughs> but the the problem with robot boxing is the robots are like tw- they're they're big fuckers. They're not just like person sized. They're like 12 12 feet tall. They're not like Gundam size. No. They're they're they're, they're big enough that I think Tyson they'd, they'd be twice the size of Tyson Fury. Right. He would still probably give it. Do you mean twice and fury? Hey, yes, <laughs> exactly what I meant. Uh, but yeah, the the, the pro, the, yeah, the, 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 there would be at some point some back alley fight between a man and a robot. Yeah, and that that is controversy we would have to face head on. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the price we're willing to pay for the the money that the robot boxing will will bring in inevitably. Well, that's the problem. And then obviously there'll have to be investigations into robot CTE. Yeah, uh, things like that. You know, there's a lot of a lot of politics we're going to have to uh, cross over. On here. on the plus side, but... though, we get to watch Snatch with robots. True. Yeah, that is a that is a episode idea and a half. <laughs> Films where they should have been robots. <laughs> Films where there should have been robots. Just introducing a robot. You switch out one yeah. character for a robot. Yeah, done. I'll add it to our list. <laughs> a list that you can get access to by signing up to our Patreon page. Nice. I, I also can't hear the word Patreon without the Patreon jingle yes. from uh, yeah. uh, Three Bean Salad. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, robots. Robots. Just fucking, fuck, not fucking robots. That is a different thing entirely. No. Boxing robots. Boxing robots. <laughs> My final choice is probably the easiest one to bring to life. Hogwarts would be needed for... Quidditch. Well, actually, Hogwarts wouldn't be needed. Magic would be needed for Quidditch. For Battle Royale, um, we'd need a totalitarian government. And can you imagine that? God, yeah. Or just someone very creative at ITV in the commissioning uh, department. And then this one you can do. Or you could do it at home, Ian. Or you know where else you could you could do this <laughs> in your office because oh. we're going to be discussing the uh, Office Olympics from the TV show The Office which is a spin-off of the British TV show The Office. Sorry, so it's The Office? The Office. The Office. Yeah. Okay. 
Which where which series was this? This was like a relatively early season one. two, episode yeah. two, I think. Episode two, which I also oh. like to refer to as the second episode of The Office worth watching. <laughs> season two, episode three. The third episode of The Office worth watching. Yeah. So Michael um, is out of the office, and they, uh, I think Jim catches Oscar playing a game of hate ball it's called hate ball because angela hates when uh, when oscar and kevin play it but it's essentially a game of um paper football kind of thing and as a result of this learns that they also play other games at their desk such as who can put the most m&ms in their mouth and dunderball Yes, Ian, I will give you the rules to Dunderball. The game is played by bouncing a small ball on the wall and over the divider that separates Toby's and Kelly's workstations. A piece of blue tape on the wall separates the two sides. As explained by Toby in a deleted scene, players are permitted to hold the ball for one second and the ball must strike the wall on the throw side of the tape. Got it? Good. (laughs) Dunderball. Dunderball. There's also, I I guess, the... um, the most uh, prestigious event in um, in office Olympics, which is uh, Flonkerton. Um, Flonkerton is where full boxes of paper are strapped to your feet, and you basically have to have a race. Yes, that that is my my lasting mental image of the office Olympics. Is that yeah, that Flonkerton, Flonkerton, yeah. And Phyllis beats Kevin in the final of of Flonkerton racing. Nice. So yeah, that's that's they're the main. Um, what would you call events of of the office olympics um i think the benefit of office olympics is that a everyone can get involved doesn't matter your size your gender your your athletic ability you can you can participate i think there's also the ability to um and i don't want to suggest that maybe this happened with some of the the more longer standing events in the office olympics but there's the opportunity to make this shit up on the fly um (laughs) so you know there's there's a real opportunity here to not only have the the core of the office olympics but you know have your own spin-off events you know maybe do an office olympics triathlon or something you know dunderball into flonkerton if you will interesting yeah or flunk or dunderball whilst whilst flunkertoning yeah, I think it's it's a very accessible sport, right? And I think one that we could all uh, do with um, embracing to break up the mundanity of day-to-day office life. Well, back in the days of 100% in the office, mm. um, that sounds like... Because uh, obviously after season seven, we were all a bit out of it, right? <laughs> eh? Eh? Nice. Yeah, back, back when we used to be office-based, Yeah. Um, what would you guys do to... Uh, break up the modernity uh we had a table tennis table um yeah which i got very i got very good at table tennis while working at a company yeah which was um you can bleep this out or get rid of it but um i'm assuming it was yeah Yeah. (laughs) um yeah we we played a lot of table tennis which actually was quite good from a networking point of view because there were people that I met playing table tennis that I would have never met otherwise from different departments. Yeah, no, for sure. Like <laughs> there is there is a benefit to that kind of stuff for for networking. I still don't agree with uh I'm not a big proponent of like slides. No. No, I have worked at you, uh, you pref- same company had a slide. It's like, I don't care. Can you just please let me work from home twice a week? Yeah. And obviously, famously, you you prefer a spreadsheet to a slide. Hey! 
I, uh, I I spent a lot of uh, a lot of today working on a spreadsheet. <laughs> it's a work of fucking pivot table genius. Love a pivot table. Good old pivot tables. It makes you feel like a genius when it works out properly. Yeah, yeah. And then, and you, but up until then, you feel like a moron. Yeah. Oh, there's a, there's there are only two states of being whilst working in Excel: genius or moron. Oh yeah, and then you show someone else, and they show, oh well, why didn't you just click like Control F? Yeah. Or Control K, and everything automatically happens. It's like, how have you done this? <laughs> You wizard. Or people who've programmed games into it. Yeah. Like, I've seen people do, like, Mario on it. Yeah, there's that. I've seen, like, um, like full-on RPGs as well. Fucking love a good database as well. Oh, we... we uh, oh, also. We're, oh. we're strolling into the realms of Microsoft Access. Oh, Access? <laughs> good times. But yeah, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, there was a lot of table tennis. There was a lot of... Again, so you can tell I've worked. I've worked at a series of tech companies. Uh, I used to have quite an extensive Nerf gun collection. Excellent. Which was I might still have one. I used to have like the Guards of the Galaxy one. Yeah. Didn't you also oh, have? Um, wasn't it like Hawaiian shirt Thursdays or something? Oh, there was something like there was some stuff like that. It was a lot of forced, forced fun, and nobody likes enforced fun. No. So my uncle worked at. Uh... Yes, I remember you saying, yeah. and he hated it. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I do think things are balancing out a bit because I think people have realised what people actually want from an office, which is one, one you don't have to go into all the time. Yeah. Two, decent coffee. Yeah. And that's really it. I, I mean, most offices run on decent coffee, right? Like, if you've got oh, access yeah. to decent coffee. You, I have made I have space. made serious career decisions based on access to coffee. I've 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 definitely like done um, where you have like the employee suggestions was just like can yeah. we have a good coffee machine? But yeah, no, I, I like the I like the office uh, Olympics idea. It's definitely it's definitely one week. I think after battle royale, it's the most likely one to happen. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, give me two secs. I just want to check. I gave the dog a plastic bottle to play with, and I yeah. the lid has disappeared. So I just want to make sure it's not in the dog. Ah, <laughs> oh, right, Ian. Last choice. Go, you motherfucker. Right, my uh, this choice is also a little bit um, blood sporty, mm. a little bit blood sporty, a little bit animal cruelty. So let's go into this, this shall this we? Is a, this is a really alternative version of. Uh, Mumbo number five. Yeah. So, steampunk badger baiting. Um, no, uh, we are talking, of course, about Pokemon battling. Pokemon battling is a sport. There's a league. Pokemon was an anime that ran from 1997. Uh, what we, again, our age range, what we know as Pokemon was season one, which was the Intergo League. That was the good old days of 151 Pokemon. Season one, uh, Indigo League, lasted for 82 episodes. As of December 2021, do you know how many episodes of Pokemon there are? Oh, I'm going to guess, like, something stupid. A thousand and three. One thousand one hundred and seventy-eight <laughs> episodes. So nearly one thousand one hundred more than we have probably ever watched. Yeah. Do you also know, so there have been eight generations of Pokemon... Uh, how many Pokemon do you now think there are? Given the correct answer is 151. Okay. Question: How do they count? Like where they've got because they started introducing like variations of them. 
Right. But I'm not sh- sure. Okay. I just have the because that's also why it's difficult to get a single figure. Yeah. Now, because of that, but. I have a number that I found on the internet and I'm sticking to it as if it's gospel. Okay, I'm going to say 751. 905. (laughs) There are 905 Pokemon over nearly 1,200 episodes. Like, this ran away from me. (laughs) Yeah. But, But yeah, like Pokemon. Like, I don't need to explain what fucking Pokemon is, really. Like... You, I, that was a difficult one to say fucking in a sense, wasn't it? I don't need to explain what fucking Pokemon is. <laughs> yeah, you just you just lift bits up. No. Um, yeah, like, it is, you capture animals, or you capture Pokemon, you train them, you battle them, you win badges. Yep. You take those badges to the league, you try and beat the league. Boom. Like, what we have, like... There is an ongoing argument, I think, as a society. I don't think Digimon gets the, recommend- the recognition it deserves. I really liked Digimon, and I personally preferred it to Pokemon. But solely because Ash winds me up. Ash winds me up no fucking end. Because Ash is a shit Pokemon trainer. The whole fucking point of Pokemon is he wants to be the best like no one ever was. Yeah. And he never fucking tries. Like, uh, he moans like, about it. P- Pikachu against Onyx. No, mate, that doesn't work. The only reason he won was because the sprinkler system went off, and that doesn't mean he's a good Pokemon trainer. A load of other ones, he lost the battle against the gym leader, but then Team Rocket fucks shit up and Ash manages to save the day and they give him the badge anyway. That's not a lesson to teach your kids. Like, don't don't worry, don't try and actually learn a skill. It'll probably work out in the end anyway. Yeah, I mean... Going back to a previous choice, worked for the cabinet. Yeah, uh, yeah, true, true. Maybe that's where our problem has stemmed from. Yeah. Ash Ketchum is the reason <laughs> why politicians now don't know what they're talking about and think they can blag their way through everything. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm assuming Jacob Brees Mogg's all for Pokemon battling. Probably, yeah. Probably, which is a weird thing to say because fuck that guy, Sky High. But yeah, like I mean, I loved. I spent. I have spent far too much time of my time playing Pokemon. Like I have played it more recently. I recently finished. Uh, they released Pokemon Snap on the Nintendo Switch. Oh, nice! That was a fun game. Finished it in a sitting. Pokemon <laughs> Stadium was good fun as well. Pokemon Stadium was great because you also had the mini games. Yeah, the mini games, but that you were could. Really fun. But uh, this was the point before Pokemon had ever been in three D. And you could put yeah. your Pokemon cartridge into the N64 and have your... Into the tr- into your transfer pack, yeah. I think you mean. Yeah. <laughs> and then have your uh, your two, oh. 2D sprites appear as these big 3D... Uh, the the Lickitung game, minigame was really good. Where the, was that the sushi The sushi one? belt, and you had to yeah. get all of the things. Yeah, I, I remember... Oh, fucking hell. And again, this makes it even more... Soul destroying that I can't remember this film we recommended yesterday. I remember as a kid on a very middle class day out to Duxford. Yeah. Uh, Imperial War Museum, Duxford. It is actually quite interesting there. Um, and we're on the way, uh, we'd gone with a friend of mine and we were sat in the back of the car as my parents drove us home. And out of his pocket, he pulled out the transfer cable. Yeah. And we both had our Game Boys. We connected them together and we traded Pokemon. And it was the first time I'd really done anything like that. And it was fucking exhilarating. 
Because again, this was before we'd even thought of like internet gaming and that kind of stuff was a fucking thing. Like, yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, just like how excited I was at the concept of that. So I remember I was so into Pokemon that I got a. Uh, I learnt about emulators. Uh, I must have been. When did Pokemon Gold come out? Gold. Gold. Uh, Pre secondary school for me, I think. So it came out 90, in 19, 1999. So I would have been 11 years old and I learnt all about how Game Boy emulators worked on the PC and had a Japanese version of Pokemon Gold that I played on the PC via an emulator, which I didn't understand initially, but then I learned about how to put a translation package into an <laughs> emulator at 11 years old. I think this is, the, this is the one thing that I think, like, I think it's been spoken about before, but there's... So we grew up at a time with computers that you kind of had to have if you wanted to get the most out of them you kind of needed to figure out how to tinker with them a little bit right with the yeah. either the software or like take myspace for example you learn a bit of coding and all of that kind of stuff oh god i i was yeah again like year seven year eight my html coding skills were really good yeah, it, it, right and you start to like oh css but now i think everything from a tech point of view now is just so easy right it's just there and it just works and no one really like if something goes wrong with it i don't think that people in the this generation and maybe set up in a way to think well how do i figure out how to make it work or how do i get into the bones of it it's just like it doesn't work that's it move on to the next thing yeah well i guess also that the the other side of that is it's also a lot of stuff now to to give people credit is inaccessible yeah there is that like you when when we were growing up you were able to tinker with things yeah and now now again there's kind of what you said where there's just a lot of options of stuff now but also some stuff is entirely a closed book yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, you look at like an iPhone or something, you just can't oh, yeah. get into it, can you? I mean, mine by iPhone barely works anyway. <laughs> but yeah, no, very, yeah, I mean, but it's still weird to think. I've experienced everything from no internet to broadband. Oh, the day... It's a fucking fiber. The day I got one meg broadband from uh, Blue Yonder, Teddy West Blue Yonder, was like, a, a, that was insane like the world opened up <laughs> i could play yeah. i could play um command and conquer red alert 2 without any lag <laughs> it was brilliant oh. God, i used to love the command and conquer games and uh battle for middle earth was a great rts as well yeah massively unbalanced yeah oh you could uh, you could was do it Mithra, Mithra, mithril archers broke the game yeah or but you could also really easily win with like a uh, Urukai rush as well. Like if yes, you yeah. pinged it out in the right order at the beginning and rushed, it's game over. God, I love those games. Yeah, good fun. There has a bit that I can't think of a. Well, I say I can't think. I haven't been looking. I haven't played a good non-total war game, um, real-time strategy in a very long time. Do you know the last? And this is really weird, but the last game that I played that had it wasn't a full-on RTS, but it was, it was, it was half uh rts half kind of like ridiculous platform ish game 
was Brutal Legend. Oh, God, that was a weird <laughs> fucking game. Where did they um, think, oh, yeah, let's just throw some RTS into this? Yeah, because, like, both the RTS elements were really interesting. Yeah. Like, I really liked it, and I really liked the Dynasty Warriors style yeah. shit in it, but both together didn't work. You're they right. They had to have picked Warriors one or the, the other. Is the better comparison there, yeah. Dynasty Warriors was a great fucking game as well. We were talking about Pokemon, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> yeah. Dynasty Warriors, I, I, that's another game I spent so much time playing, which means that, again, in year seven and eight, I had a vast understanding of Chinese history. <laughs> oh, you mean the Yellow Turban Rebellion? Yeah, it, it's... Ah, fucking hell. Weird, yeah. weird. I, we grew up at a weird fucking we time. We really did. One of the weirdest. Just yeah, the, that accelerated but... access to information. Anyway, yeah. Pokemon. Po- Pokemon. So I would, I, I don't know how this would. I, I would, I probably wouldn't go to a live Pokemon battle, but if this was streamed on TV, I'd watch it every day. So, have you ever seen? There's a. I think a lot of them have been taken down now, but I found a channel here, um, of. You, there was things on YouTube where it's like they've got a Perspex box and they drop like a scorpion and a tarantula in it and they just let them fight out to the death. Yeah. That's like a thing on YouTube. And there's lot. there used to be lots of them and I think then loads of them got taken down because it's quite unethical. Yeah. So that's kind of the closest to Pokemon. So I found one that's called Insect Stories just by having a Google. And there's like, um, I mean, there's a, <laughs> there's a scorpion versus a series of crabs. There's a scorpion versus a tarantula praying. Is it the mantis. same? Sco- is it the same score? Is it like a a ladder thing with the scorpion? <laughs> is it the same scorpion? It's just the champion scorpion. Like those the survival Mortal Kombat tower mode you used to get. Yeah. Ah, oh, Mortal Kombat was great, wasn't it? Or is great? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It's so that it's it's wild because there is kind of this thing out there um it's pretty messed up because i think it's fairly which i guess is probably half of your issue with this whole thing right is that there is an element of uh, animal cruelty and uh yeah so like the, it's a lot easier to wrap your head around when the animals are like comically stupid yeah <laughs> if you get what i mean like it's a giant rock snake versus an animal that thinks it's a mime like it's it's a bit easier to condone it then, isn't it? But yeah, if we're getting if we're getting rid of the first of all, no one dies; they just faint. They faint yeah, even if they've had some fucking fire tornado launched at them and they're made of grass, they just faint, and they seem well up for it. <laughs> well up. For so it. well up for it. So like, I would I would what? Yeah, I would I would what? If Pokemon battling was a thing, I would one hundred percent what at least at the very least watch it. But also just as a fantasy sport in general, like the impact this has had on our fucking lives. <laughs> like yeah. it is it is just it is insanity. But who was your before we before we wrap this section up, mm. uh, who what who was your what was your go to Pokemon lineup on Oh go to the, the early Pokemon. days. I thought you were gonna ask about starter choice. Oh, starter choice. Um Charmander. Oh yeah, I was I was I was always Bulbasaur. Because the first uh, it made the first two gyms easy. Yeah, but I'm not about an easy life in. Oh yeah, but you know, just uh, I mean, there's definitely a part of just being divisive with that. Yeah, like, even from a young age, I thought, oh, Charmander's the popular one, so I'm not going to go for him. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, what you're so, yeah, saying is you were a hipster Pokemon trainer. I was a hipster Pokemon trainer. Yeah, 
Wouldn't let them evolve, just keep them... No. Um, <laughs> Your lineup was just, like, six metapods. Yeah. <laughs> and a magic Harden! Card. And you're just at the same... Harden! <laughs> yeah. you, must, you must harden to get through life, <laughs> let nothing in. I was, I, I was a big Rhydon fan. <laughs> yeah. I like yeah. Nid- Nido King, Nido King. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gengar, I always had a Gengar. Gyarados was always nice. good. Spanish Spanish for two Garys, I believe. <laughs> the cheats are get Mew, so I had Mew in the original oh, yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. And uh as partial to a Zapdos. Oh nice. Yeah, I was a big Zapdos fan. Yeah. Flying Lightning Bird. Big 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 fan of that. Mm. All the legendary shit. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Pokemon battle I I just it's it's fucking Pokemon battling. It's great. There's no reason not to love it apart from the animal cruelty, but they're Pokemon. Yeah, it's Pokemon cruelty. Yeah. Yeah, entirely different thing. Peter will be fine. Yeah. Uh, you, what's, your, what's your favorite? Just what's your favorite Pokemon joke? I can't say I've got one. Ah, uh, was how do you get Ash's Ash's uh, general concept of how to live your life? Ashes to ashes. Um, Pokemon joke. How do you get Pikachu on a bus? You, you Pokemon. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, I, that, that's that, isn't it? Really. <laughs> so those were our choices. Yeah. Um, in in this this edition of Fantasy Sport, mm. um, I just saw that you messaged me Scorpion versus Big Tarantula Spider. Yeah. I'll watch that later. <laughs> so those were our choices. Um, out of your three, mm. what is the top three of your three? And then we will figure out what the official, the podcast nobody asked for, top three list will be. So top three of my three, probably going to go, I think, in reverse order. So Office Olympics in three, purely because like it's it's the easiest to like, it, we could probably spin it up right this second if you were here. Yeah. And probably... From, I'm always there, Graham. Thank you. I'm man. always there. Um, but from it's probably the least televisable it's going to draw the smallest audience, I think. Yeah. Second place, I'm going to put Battle Royale, but like non-fatal ITV Saturday Night Battle Royale presented by John Fashner and Arika Johnson. We'll bring Wolf out of retirement if he's still alive. He can be like the. <laughs> I don't want to. F- I don't want to Google that. <laughs> I prefer. I prefer living my life as if he's still alive. I assume he is. I assume he is, but I- I'd rather assume he is than know for definite. Schrodinger's wolf. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I keep... I'm saying, is wolf alive? Gladiators. And it keeps saying, do you mean wolf Alice? (laughs) It's wolf Alice, gladiators alive. (laughs) Um, So I don't know. It's still a mystery to me. Um, And then in number one, um, magical Quidditch with no snitch. I like it. I like it. Because snitches get stitches. Mm. Um, out of my three, uh, so I think number three, I'm going to come in with robot boxing. Yeah, it is a very strong sport, but I, I think I, I think I have a very strong top three this week. I'm not going to lie. Uh, robot boxing in at number three, um, I would definitely watch it. Pokemon battling at number two, um, the tiebreaker for those. Th- th- obviously, there's there's not a lot of difference as we know between robots fighting and Pokemon fighting. Yeah, the tiebreak for me is. Uh, probably the sheer variety in Pokemon, but also just the actual real-life impact that Pokemon has had on everyone. And number one, Rollerball, because there is not a world where I wouldn't get really into this sport. 
Like, I know it is a satire of violent sport and people's obsession with it, but I love that shit. Yeah. You you so, you are being satirized, but you're okay with it. Yeah, because it's badass. Like the the remake from what I re- I haven't watched the remake in a very long time. Um, I watched Rollerball uh, when I was on a work trip to Copenhagen. <laughs> so you're gonna come out for a drink? It's like you know what? I'm really tired and I want to watch Rollerball. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I, I I haven't watched the sequel for uh, sorry the remake for a while. Um, for all intents and purposes, I remember it being shit. But the original, yeah. Like it's just a hell of a fucking game, isn't it? Like I, I would, I would, I would watch it. I would probably attempt to play it, and then you would speak at my funeral when I inevitably die. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So th- those, th- those are the choices then. Nice. So it's time for us to figure out the official podcast WR Sport top three list. What are you feeling? Um, I'm, w- I'm with you on the rollerball. I like rollerball. Yep. I'd like to see. I haven't seen the movie, um, so maybe I need to. Um, maybe I need to sort that out because it does sound like good, good, clean. Well, maybe not clean, but good, dirty fun. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one thing you love, Harry, <laughs> stop it! Come here. Sorry. He is being. Sorry. Right. So roll, roll, rollerball. Rollerball. rollerball will definitely be up, we'll there. Be up there. Snitchless Quidditch, Quidditch for me. I, I would say is definitely up there too. Snitchless. Yeah. Um, so I guess, as it always does, it comes down to um, real-life Pokemon versus ITV-friendly Battle Royale. Right. Can we combine the two? I was, I was just thinking <laughs> that. Because combining the two immediately solves your issue with Battle Royale intrinsically being linked to murdering kids. Yeah. So if you do a Battle Royale version of Pokemon... Where Pokemon trainers release their Pokemon onto this fucking island and Last Man Standing wins. Yeah, and ev- and everyone's fainting. Yeah, rather than having their fucking Suicide Squad style. Is it a neck like a neck like a choker thing? Yeah, it's like a choker thing, and yeah, it's yeah. a proximity thing, and it explodes. Yeah, and, but yeah. So less of that. Yeah, and more, more fainting. And yes, yeah. yeah, like Fa- Fashnu and uh, Ulrika would love it. Yeah. So we're saying Battle Royale with Pokemon. Yeah. Which is... Presented by Ulrika Johnson. Which is different. I just had to check that John Fashnu was still alive. <laughs> he is. Yeah, which is different to um, Battle Royale with Cheese, which is obviously The Hunger Games. Hey! I thought we were going to make that joke, but I thought I'd leave it to you. <laughs> it's, it's a cracking one, to be fair. It is. So, okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm all right with this. I, I like this. Yeah. Um, uh, we will obviously keep our listeners. So by the time this comes out, our we are playing each other in a fantasy league this week. Uh, yeah. Oh, as in next week? Uh, no, as in uh, we would have already played. We're playing this weekend. Are we? Which one? I think so. I'm not sure. Let me let me have a. Let me have oh a yes, in Dynasty we are. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. My Dynasty team, which is falling fucking apart. <laughs> um, Graham, who's looking for the three P in fucking Dynasty. Yeah. Having beaten me two years running in the final. <laughs> I'm currently sitting, sitting pretty at 4-0. Yeah, yeah. Fucking cunt. Although you did have oh. the, um, the, the joy of uh, Heinz, the, the Heinz bet going terrible yesterday because he uh, got concussed on the first play. True. But like, 
not to be so like fan just just full fantasy here i'm going to delve into the world of fantasy sports of the fantasy right it's time for sports of the fantasy right yes let's score some sport points of the fantasy right right so you're four and zero. Oh. Yeah. You have had by far the least points against. <laughs> so everybody else has four hundred and four hundred and eighteen plus. Yeah. You have three hundred and eighty-two against. Yeah. And you have scored seventy points less than me. Hmm. Them's the breaks. Yep. Fantasy is as fantasy does. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> Future Ian here. Uh, I went into the last game of the week, uh, beating Graham by about 45 points. It's all looking good. It's winning by a considerable margin. Graham's last two players of the week put up a combined 60 points because uh, Devontae Adams and Travis Kelsey can well and truly fuck themselves. Travis Kelsey, who put up the Least amount of yards for a man who scored four touchdowns in a game in history. Because, and again, I'm going to repeat this, fuck them all and fuck Graham's dynasty team. Fuckers. But yeah, okay, so the uh, the podcast nobody asked for is top three fantasy sports. Uh, at number three, we have Battle Royale with Pokemon, presented by Ulrika Johnson and John Fashnu. Uh, at number two, we have Snitchless Quidditch. And number one, we have Rollerball. So if you agree with our choices, if you are disappointed that we didn't talk at length about basketball, uh, you can find us on Instagram at the podcast nobody asked for. And you can also find us on Patreon at the podcast nobody asked for, where you can get mugs, T-shirts, access to the list where we keep fucking everything and... I don't know. We'll keep adding stuff to it because yeah. we want money so we can pay for hosting. Next person that joins can have the chewed up Ewok from Bowie. That is a one of a kind collector's item. One of a, one, one of a kind. Winging its way to, to you. Um, if you thought that actually the more obvious crossover in all of this was Pokemon and Rollerball because of the balls, um, you can tell us on Twitter at nobody asked for pod with the number four. You can find us on Facebook at the same address. And for all of your podcasts, nobody asked for needs, you can visit our website at the podcast. Nobody asked for dot co dot UK out of 905 Pokemon. Mm. I am certain one of them is going to look like it's on roller skates and that's its whole thing. Probably. Yeah. Like I will put good money on that, but yeah, so uh, wherever you're listening to this, if you're able to leave us a review uh, and in your review, put any episode, future episodes ideas you have and we will do the best ones. So that that was uh, our first pun based title episode, which is quite impressive given how many episodes we've done and how our sense of humour works. Yeah, our propensity so- for puns. We will we will obviously keep everyone updated on our various fantasy leagues because that's obviously why you're listening to a movie and TV podcast. Yeah. Is for us to figure out, hey, I wonder what Ian is gonna do now Javante Williams is injured. <laughs> or hey, I wonder what Ian's gonna do now Tua Tonga Valu is injured. Or hey, I wonder what Ian's gonna do now Dak Prescott is injured. Or hey, I wonder what Ian's gonna do now Cordell Patterson's injured. Or hey, I wonder what Ian's gonna do. <laughs> I just wonder what Ian's gonna do. <laughs> I just wonder what he's going to do. I mean, impressively in all of this, you've also got injured as well. So, <laughs> Yeah. 
it's a bad my my real sport fucking life isn't doing much but this has just turned into therapy yeah because the one the one time I, I am captain of this fucking rugby team until probably January and there's a good chance I'm fucked now until uh most of that probably possibly I hope I am hoping beyond hope that I get back in the last game of October because it's against Hayes and I really want to fuck him up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a real a real captain can lead from the sidelines. Um, yeah, and he does. <laughs> yeah. His his name is Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair play. Um there's uh, I mean, you maybe model yourself on other famous captains. Scarlet Coons. Captain Scarlet, why bring him up? The man's invincible and doesn't suffer injury. <laughs> the dog just farted in my mouth. <laughs> Thanks, Barry. (laughs) Ugh, no one asked for this.